0: Here stands a matchup of two opposites. There is a familiar face, and a face that we have not seen in playoff contention since 2014. There is one of the preseason favorites, and one of the preseason underlings. There is a team that has top two level talent, and one that is outside of the top 25 in team talent index. There is a team that is number one in football power metrics and a team that is not even top 10 in football power metrics. There is the team that everyone picked to be in the playoff and the team that no one picked to be in the playoff. There is Texas Christian in Georgia. There are the Horned Frogs who no one thought would even get close to the national title. And here they are. And there are the Bulldogs, who everyone thought would beat their way into at least being a playoff contender by the end of the year, at worst reaching a New Year's Six Bowl, and at best repeating as national champions. And here we are, number 1, 14-0 Georgia, taking on number 3, 13-1, TCU, Both have won four out of their last five games, Georgia winning five out of five, TCU winning four out of five. These two teams are wildly different in how they have achieved what they have achieved, Georgia being the more physical team that's all about trench play, tight ends, front seven, TCU taking things in a little more boom or bust way by, you know running backs, wide receivers, skill position players, and defensive backs. TCU is a team that wildly has overperformed all year. They've gone 10-3-1 against the spread. Georgia, by comparison, has gone 7-7 and 7 against the spread. And even though Georgia has exceeded preseason expectations, because remember, Alabama was picked to win the SEC over Georgia, and picked to beat Georgia in the championship game, this Georgia team has not looked as good as last year's Georgia team. They is, they have just had, frankly, an easier path in their schedule. They have not had to play an elite team in their conference championship game. TCU, playing in the Big 12, they, in theory, and in retrospect, had somewhat of an easy path in hindsight, especially seeing how weak the Big 12 did in, in bowl season, but they were projected to only get four, five, maybe six wins in the preseason. The fact they're 13-1 is un, unfathomable by some, and yet here it is. They've won 13 games. Sonny Dykes is the first the first head coach to win a playoff game in his first year at said school. Yeah, he is. And TCU, if they win this game, will be the second team in a row to lose their conference championship game, make it to the playoff, and win it all. Remember when losing your conference championship game was essentially a death sentence to playoff hopes? Well, Georgia proved that wasn't the case last year when they were let in after getting destroyed by Bama, and then they ended up winning it all, having a 14-1 record. TCU, they lose their conference championship game. They still get the three spot. They they don't get the four spot. Neither did Georgia last year. TCU, they win the semifinal against Michigan by a score of 51 to 45. And if they beat Georgia, they'll be the second team in a row to have lost their conference championship and win it all, which would be quite the turnaround from a narrative perspective. Because remember, it used to be if you lost in that you, you would be punished more severely back then in some of the, you know, a few years ago by the then college football playoff committee, you'd be more severely punished for playing that extra game if you lost. But TCU and Georgia, here they are, number one versus number three, limitless offensive execution and talent One team whose defense was raised up as one of the number one defenses in the nation, and they allowed 41 to Ohio State. The other, a defense that was widely criticized for not being physical, and they physically manhandled Michigan's O-line that won the Joe Moore Award. Before we get into this video, I want you guys to comment down below your prediction for this game, like this video, Comment your thoughts on this game, not just your prediction, but your thoughts, what you think the most important matchup is, who's going to be the MVP. I'm curious on your thoughts, so comment them down below. And please subscribe to this channel if you have not already, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I go live, when I make more content, because believe me, there's going to be plenty of content for the 2023 preseason. I'm actually going to Make I might make some preseason 2023 prediction videos before the national title game even goes. But we'll see about that. It's never way too early to talk about next season. There's only one more game left, and that is this game. It is Georgia versus TCU. And even though my team in Michigan isn't there, and even though there's no Big Ten participant, which greatly saddens me, The Big Ten was only a combined, they were really only a combined nine points, assuming that, you know, each Big Ten team won by one point and, you know, covered their deficit. They were nine points away combined from a Michigan Ohio State rematch. I'm still excited for this national championship game. So let's dive right in. This game will take place on January 9th, a Monday, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it will air on ESPN. TCU and Georgia, they're totally different teams in terms of talent, but one thing I learned in the playoff game that I, I knew TCU was efficient, but I grossly underestimated it. Every metric computer AI system grossly underestimated it, too. Because everyone looks at stars. They look at high school recruiting. And it's important, but I've always, to a certain degree, sort of bashed the people who put recruiting at this top, top, top layer. Because you see schools like Texas and schools like Miami and Texas A&M, they have all the talent in the world, but they're so inefficient with it. Even my school in Michigan in 2008 through 2014, horrifically inefficient with the talent they had, and including that with some of the later Lloyd Carr years and early Jim Harbaugh years. Talent helps. I'd argue, and history shows, that you have to have a lot of four stars and at least some five stars on your roster to win a national championship in recent years, but it's only part of the equation. Coaching, adjustments, um how do you utilize the talent of each individual player how do you maximize it which has to do with coaching and then culture resources with NIL you could argue that you know paying players could maybe you know give them some extra motivation or i don't know whatever you call it but I say this all to say that Georgia is ridiculously more talented in theory than TCU at every position on the field, except for maybe quarterback, because Georgia's starting a then walk-on at quarterback, TCU's starting a a four-star in Max Duggan at quarterback. But both of these guys, they're seniors, they have well progressed beyond what it meant for them to be ranked as high schoolers. Bennett right now is one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. Duggan's one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, regardless of star ranking. So these rankings right here, yes, Georgia's ridiculously more talented and has greater depth in theory, but what TCU staff does very well is they maximize talent and they're efficient. And the only reason TCU staff isn't ranked higher than Georgia's is because I saw what George's staff can do. And Kirby Smarts won a national title. And his staff, most of whom is here, still won the national title last year. You know, Todd Monken, Glenn Schumann, Will Muschamp, who are all currently the coordinators, they were on last year's staff. Schumann was a co-DC, Monken was the OC, uh, and I think Muschamp was working with special teams and maybe defensive backs. He was in a, a defensive assistant, though, for sure. But both of these staffs are very close. There's a great argument just by how TCU has managed their talent, by how they perform in close games, that they do have the better staff. I mean, their staff is one of the best in the country. And if they win this game, it might be one of the best staffs ever, ever produced on a football field. Because with the talent they have to be able to turn a talent, to, a roster that is not even top 30 in talent. And for them to have the offense they have, for them to have the, the defense they have, because their defense, opportunistic, they're physical, they like to take risks, very calculated ones, and on offense, they can run it on you, they can pass it on you, go vertical, use mesh concepts and slants and short passes, they can do it all. Um, and for TCU, really what it is is skill skill positions. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, they have a big advantage against Georgia in, I would say, all of those positions. Duggan certainly has the higher ceiling. Duggan is much better at carrying the team on his back than Bennett is, and with Quinton Johnson and Tay Barber at wide receiver. With Keandre Miller, I don't know if he's going to be playing in this game yet, but it sounds like he, you know, sprained his ankle and he should sounds like he should be ready for the national title game against Georgia, along with his backup. You just, you have, you have guys, you have players at all those positions and TCU, they have a thousand yard rusher plus in Miller, they have Quentin Johnson, who's an, Johnston, who's an NFL wide receiver and Max Duggan, in my opinion, he was the quarterback who should have won the Heisman. And then for Georgia, it really is about, you know, physical, old-school-style football. These Georgia teams really do remind me of the, you know, Nick Saban, Alabama teams where Kirby Smart was the defensive coordinator. Good O-line play, good D-line play, NFL linebackers, um, better secondary than what this Georgia team has, but I don't know if Alabama under Saban has ever had the tight end room that Georgia has with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. At offensive line and D-line, especially D-line with Jalen Carter, you have NFL players and five stars at every position. Defensive back, I would say is one of T- is TCU's strength. TCU's strength on defense in my opinion is their defensive backs. That's Georgia's ultimate weakness and for that I give TCU defensive backs along with special teams. Georgia Out of all the four playoff teams, they have the least efficient special teams ranking, according to ESPN's FPI. Georgia's given a 72.9% chance to win, according to that same system, and they are currently favored by 12.5 points. The spread is declining. The money line, when I was editing the slides for this video just a few hours ago, was minus 500 for Georgia. It's minus 480 down from 550. So the opening line and the opening, I mean, Georgia is just a massive favorite opening up. And I think think people are seeing that, you know, Georgia, they're rightfully viewed as the better team. They have more talent. Their staff is more proven. They don't have a first-year head coach. All these things. They also play in a tougher conference. And yet at the same time, Them being favored by 13 and a half, and I made a video on this, that's a big spread for a national championship game. And I myself, I'll say this, we're not to my prediction yet, but I'm confident TCU will cover. But what I'm not as confident in is if they can can hang for four quarters with a Georgia team that could withstand an offense with a much higher ceiling than TCU's in Ohio State, especially given that Ohio State's passing game that can target Georgia's weak secondary, has that higher ceiling. You have the more accurate quarterback, the better, physical, faster wide receivers that Ohio State has. And TCU has some of those, but they don't have the same depth at wide receiver, the same ceiling at quarterback. They don't have the same NFL talent on the offensive line either. And you see this talent disparity even further. In the FPI system, the efficiency system, and the fact that TCU is the 32nd most talented team in the country. Georgia's ranked number one in ESPN's FPI and in their efficiency metric. They're second overall in talent, and the dogs' main strength is their number one rushing defense. Ohio State really struggled to run on them at points in the game. What helped was the fact that C.J. Stroud decided to use his legs, which I guarantee you Georgia didn't prepare for because it never happens. But he used his legs, and that really helped Ohio State run the football. But Georgia, everyone they face, they shut down their run game. The question is, can you pass on them? And for TCU, their main strength is their gutsy passing game. And it's schemed well. It's not just, you know, gutsy, but it's schemed out very well. It's fast. It's quick-paced. They have speed, physicality there. They didn't have a lot of 50-50 balls against Michigan, and I credit Michigan's secondary to that. But that's all Michigan's secondary could do is take away the 50-50 balls. And TCU does not need, like I thought they would, they don't need 50-50 balls to win. They don't. They'll out-scheme you. They will be faster than you. They really have kind of a gusty passing game, you know, like a gust of wind. It Gusts are very, they're not consistent. You don't have a gust often, gust of wind that lasts for an hour long, but it's quick. It strikes quickly, and if it's strong enough, it could blow you over and you'll you'll fall on your face and bleed on the cement. And that's what TCU's offense, especially against Michigan, reminded me of. There was some, there was consistency. They can be consistent, but they can also be quick striking, high ceiling, low floor kind of offense. They can really dig in, and they can do really whatever they need to do on offense to win. There, I would like to say that Garrett Riley is Garrett Riley's like very surgical. He's a surgeon. And that's why he, that's why he won the Broyles Award is because he can be surgical with his offensive play calling. And really, I mean, what he did to Michigan's defense, what he's done this year with TCU's offense is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's pretty similar with Todd Monken and Georgia's offense too. It's not as flashy as TCU's. I'd say it's more boring, and I'd also say it's probably not as good is TCU's offense. At least it doesn't have the same ceiling, but the floor is much, much higher because of all the talent that's around there. And Todd Monken doesn't panic either. You see a lot of OCs or offensive play callers, a lot of play callers, period, they panic. Ryan Day for Ohio State has been an example of this. He's done it against Michigan twice. He's done it in some other games as well. Um, Michigan's Jesse Minter, went berserk and panicked against TCU. I mean, and these are high-level play callers. They do this. Todd Monkin doesn't do that at all. He does whatever Georgia needs to do to win, whether it's calling deep pass plays, whether it's just targeting the tight ends, whether it's running on the outside or up the middle. He does what Georgia needs to win. And these two teams, if there's one thing about them the reason that they are here is not necessarily because they have the highest ceiling. Michigan had a higher ceiling, they have more potential power, infinitely more than TCU. And seeing the matchup that Ohio State had with Georgia, and all the talent that Ohio State has, there's an argument, especially because of the superior skill position talent, that Ohio State would have a higher potential power and a higher ceiling than this Georgia team has. But Georgia and TCU, they have greater mental toughness and fortitude, and they are more resilient than Ohio State and Michigan are. And that's why they're there. They have the better staffs. They're more resilient. They're more efficient with the talent that they are given. And in Georgia's case, there's an argument that no one has a higher ceiling in the nation right now than this Georgia team with the amount of five stars they have, the fact that they they didn't completely reload from last year's defense, but how can you when that defense was basically an NFL-level defense in a certain sense? So both these teams are ridiculously efficient, they have great players, and they are resilient. And that's why I think that this game, regardless of who wins, will it will not be a blowout. That's my logic for this game, not being, you know, a Georgia blowout and Georgia not covering the current massive spread that they have. Both these teams are efficient, they're resilient, and I'd say that TCU, with their their pass game and what they can do with a mobile quarterback and their physical trench play, they do match up with Georgia pretty well. Not as well as Ohio State did, but at the same time, TCU has a better run game than Ohio State does, so that might even out that disparity in the pass game that every team would have when compared to Ohio State. The players that I'm looking for, speaking of a pass game, they're both in the passing realm, both of the players for each team. For Georgia, it's Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett was, he was the reason that Georgia trailed Ohio State, outside of Ryan Day and C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, and Xavier Johnson having the game of their life, whether from a performance or coaching perspective, Bennett threw several dumb incompletions. He threw a terrible pick. He nearly threw two more picks. It won't fly against this TCU secondary, because TCU secondary is better than Ohio State's. Their defense is more, their defense better fits their talent than Ohio State's scheme fits theirs. Something I realized that a friend and I talked about is that Jim Knoll's defense and his scheme isn't necessarily the entire problem here. Part of it is, it's year one, and his scheme isn't tailored at all to what Ohio State has on defense. It just isn't. The players don't mesh correctly with it. And TCU's defense, I think, does exactly that with their 3-3-5 scheme, their secondary is the strength of the team. So 3 with, you know, five you know, secondary players, it, it tailors very well. And they're extremely opportunistic. They're good in man or zone coverage. They can be boomer bust as seen in the Michigan game, and I would blame more of that on raw talent, where either J.J. McCarthy threw incompletions or picks or had massive downfield bombs. Partial credit to him and How he can show flashes of greatness in the passing game. But Bennett can't be having those. He can't be having those throws because if he has the same game that he had against Ohio State, TCU won't drop two or three interceptions that Bennett nearly threw against Ohio State on top of the one that he actually threw. They will not drop those. And Stetson Bennett is someone who is extremely resilient. Stetson Bennett statistically has regressed this season compared to last season, but he doesn't have the same running back room. He doesn't have James Cook or Zamir White, who are just insane compared to the current running back room. He had Brock Bowers. He had a better wide receiver room, in my opinion, even though Pickens was injured for much of the season, and he had a better defense. He was more coddled, and the game wasn't on him as much. So really, you know, of course he was going to have better stats because there, was, there wasn't there was pressure on him. This year there's been much more pressure on him and how he has responded as he's had a very similar QBR, 7th in the nation compared to his 3rd in the nation last year. He has 3,823 passing yards, so nearly a 1,000 more passing yards. He's completed 4 more percent of his passes, completing 68.1 of them, He's thrown 23 touchdowns, seven picks. He's only been sacked nine times, and he has a 157.3 passer rating. He also has 166 rushing yards for 3.1 yards per carry and eight rushing touchdowns. He is great at getting the ball in the end zone when it comes to him being in the red zone on his runs. So watch out for Stetson Bennett. I think that with George's run game, it's going to go up against a physical TCU D-line, and with TCU's offense, I think that Stetson Bennett, there will be pressure on him as any quarterback in the national title game, and he is going to have to play a better game this time around than he did in the Peach Bowl. For TCU, it's wide receiver Quentin Johnston. Quinton Johnston, 59 receptions, 1,066 receiving yards, and six receiving touchdowns. He had 163 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown against Michigan, and his 76 receiving yard TD on a mesh route, which was a play where Michigan cornered blitzed, it was a total out-schemed moment for Michigan, was instrumental in their win. Let's say Michigan doesn't send that corner or they keep, let's say, even two guys in coverage and they blow up that mesh route, Michigan probably comes back. But it came down to Quinton Johnson just having the speed to not only pick up the first down, but outrun the entire Michigan defense. It came down to him running his route, and it came down to TCU's play calling and and surgically dissecting Michigan's defense. So Quinton Johnson, NFL build, The man is 6'4", 215 pounds. He's from Temple, Texas. He's a junior. He's certainly one of the best wide receivers in the country. And I think that, listen, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Egbuka, Julian Fleming, that's a deep wide receiver core. And even, even without, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming and Emeka Egbuka are still five stars. Egbuka is one of the best wide receivers in the country. And side note here, what Ohio State returns at wide receiver for next year just it it makes me want to. I know the game's in Ann Arbor, but it still makes me want to curl up into a ball. That wide receiver core is going to be insane. Quentin Johnson, he's not a one man army. You know, you have Tay Barber and you have other guys, but TCU doesn't have the same depth that Ohio State doesn't wide receiver. So Georgia's secondary isn't going to be spread as thin. I anticipate that Quentin Johnson is going to have to catch a 50-50 ball in this game. He's going to have to have the game of his life if TCU wants to secure a national title under first-year head coach and coach of the year, Sonny Dykes. And here's my prediction. I think the spread is huge. I think it's going to feed Georgia rat poison. And I I think that Georgia's defense just, they they faced Oregon and they shut them down, but it was Oregon's first game under a head coach that Kirby Smart knows well. And let's be honest here, Oregon's offense, they don't play a lot of great defenses in the Pac-12. They're one of the best offenses, but they're more of a, you know, with Bo Nix, they're a pass team, yeah, but, you know, with Noah Whittington and Bucky Irving and You know, Bo Nix, they have to have a run game to get going, and Georgia very well shut that down. They can't be an air raid team and win it. Tennessee, they couldn't run on Georgia either, and they don't have the O-line that Oregon or Ohio State did. All the good offenses that Georgia faced, except for Ohio State, Georgia had a huge matchup advantage over because those offenses relied more on the run. Ohio State's offense— has had games where they cannot run it like Georgia like um they've had other they've like Penn State really struggled against the run and because of their defense and also because of CJ Stroud and by defense I mean their defense is just good enough to make some plays to give their offense some extra possessions they'll still shred you and hang 40 on you and that's what Ohio State did to Georgia and they nearly beat them And TCU has the same physical trench play, this time on both sides of the ball, where Ohio State lacks it on defense. TCU has the same physical trench play. They don't have the same wide receiver core or quarterback, but they have a healthier running back room. And TCU's secondary is, and I would actually say their defense is better than Ohio State's too. All these things combined with the fact that TCU is once again being doubted And that TCU, it's not magic. That's what I've come at peace with. It's not magic. It's scheme. Those injured quarterbacks, those organized, you know, constructed comeback wins against countless teams, that's TCU's staff. That's their players. It isn't magic. And to say it's magic is dismissing TCU of their achievements. And I think TCU is going to win. I think that both teams will kick field goals, but TCU will be more efficient in the red zone, and I think that the 40 for Georgia comes from them trying for two to get within three, and they fail. TCU, I think, will score 45 points, one field goal, six touchdowns. It will be a shootout. It will be a high-scoring affair, just like both the semifinal games were. Georgia's offense will still march down the field, make no mistake about it. They will score on TCU regardless if they win or lose. I doubt this game will be a defensive showdown, and if it is, it will be a Georgia blowout victory, which I think is highly unlikely. TCU's offense, on the other hand, they will also slice and dice Georgia. Both offenses will be moving up and down the field. What it will come down to even though I think Georgia's D line might statistically have the better game when it comes to sacks, pressures, and trench play, is I think Max Duggan will be more clutch in the moment that matters compared to Stetson Bennett. Duggan overall will have 300 or more total yards and he'll have 400, and not 400, touchdowns. He'll have four or more total touchdowns. And the Horned Frogs, regardless of Keandre Miller's status, will have 150 or more rushing yards. The Georgia D-line will have two sacks and four tackles for loss, I think just because the nature of Georgia's resiliency and just the fact that they have just tons of talent on that front seven, they will do a better job of pressuring Duggan, and they'll do a better job in the trenches than they did, than Michigan did against TCU. But at the same time, Georgia's defense, I mean, Michigan's secondary, I'd say, is infinitely better infinitely better Michigan's secondary is compared to Georgia's secondary. Just look at how both teams did against Ohio State, and look at how, you know, where have both teams, where's their weakness been all season? Michigan's has never been in the secondary. Well, Georgia's has consistently been there for the entire year. The dog's secondary and corner, and I think probably specifically Keeley Ringo, will be their downfall, along with I think, along with, to a certain degree, the offense. And Stetson Bennett, I don't know if he'll have an A-plus game. If he does, it will be harder for TCU to win. But Stetson Bennett, he's a great QB. He's not an elite QB. I think Duggan is an elite QB. And I think that, you know, to make a comparison to last year's national title game, Bennett doesn't have the same defense to give him possession after possession, and Max Duggan has a more physical offensive line than Bryce Young did. And also, unlike Bryce Young, he'll have his best receiver. And he'll have his second best receiver and best receiver, probably healthy for the national title game. So, my prediction is TCU 45, Georgia 40. TCU will cover and win, but I don't think they will be top five or top 10 entering next year with all TCU loses. And that is the end of this video and my last preview and prediction video for the 2022 season. If you enjoyed this video, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts down below. Thank you guys for watching, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.